Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at No Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. I'm your host, Eversaka Jovi. Back on a special quarantine edition here on our podcast. You can search for us on our social media pages at No Referees Pod and on our new YouTube channel, No Referees Podcast. We're joined today by our special, special friend and family of the show, NBA champion, NCAA champion, one of only 42 people on the planet that has that title. My man that was with me overseas, eating all the fried cauliflower. <laughs> you, you can find him on Instagram at mspace5. You can find him on Twitter at mospace16. Friend of the family, mospace, what up? What do you do? What do you do? I'm back what up? up Excited for the show, man. What up, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, I ain't seen you in a minute. Shit, I'm doing good, man. Standing out of the way, getting that work in. <laughs> everything else going on. Yeah, hey. You got a lot of stuff going on down there in the, your neck of the woods in Tampa, Florida these days. You know, what's going on down there? You know, what this stuff the buzz like in the city? Shit, today the first time I went on the bridge, I went on the bridge by the water. <laughs> they got a thousand cars lined up. Niggas at, the, niggas at the side of the water just hanging out, barbecuing. I'm like, sheesh, don't know if this thing will never go away. Got all these people hanging out over here, but... People get their people got their own thing to do. They want to go out there and do that. Then hey, that's what it is. How have you been uh, handling this COVID nineteen situation with the whole social distancing? You know, how have you been handling that? So it's it's been for for me and my family. It's been kind of good. We just be really doing everything day by day. The same thing, really work, work out, do some working at the house, and not really going to too many public places. I know my wife goes some certain places sometimes, but. Other than that, we just chilling in the crib. This is that time of year, you know, everybody involved with, you know, getting ready for the NBA playoffs and college, you know, the tournament, March Madness, it would have been just yeah. playoffs, you know, so, you know, everybody got to get their sports fix. How you been, you know, getting your sports fix? Shit, I just, to be honest, man, I miss my, with the AAU kids, can't be able to play right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the time right now, you, you help the kids go to college. So we, missed, we missed two live periods already, so it's really hurting for those kids who, trying to go to college in the next couple of years is really hurting for them. So that's the only sports I really miss. Other stuff, um, I like football. I watch basketball a little bit. Like, But you, like you said, in the March Madness, the college basketball is a stuff where a lot of people really miss, just to see the people get upset and people win it. Yeah, we'll get to um, your AU team here in a minute. You know, Team Maurice Spates, you know, you're making a lot of national news, a lot of guys going to a lot of good, good high major places yeah. around the country. We'll get to that in a moment. When you were in college at uh, University of Florida, you know, you didn't stay to your senior year, but there's been a lot of talk recently about kids that, you know, they played, they may not be able to get their senior year back, you know, for the COVID situation, for the spring sports. You participated in SEC tournament, NCAA tournament. Yeah. What would that have impacted you if you didn't get a chance to show off your skills in those tournaments and then deciding to go pro if that would happen to you? I just think you got to pitch your body. You just got to put in work during the season, man. I know everybody think the NCAA, because sometimes when a certain team get a lot of run, get on the run, that's when people get love. But 
those kids who make those runs, who them, them scouts can look watching them the whole year. Uh, just an example, when I was at Florida, especially my freshman year, my freshman year when they, we won it, we had Joe Kim Neal, Al Horford, Chris Richard, all those guys on the team. She used to be 10 to 15 scouts every day at the game. You see what I'm saying? So, but, and, and I learned how to see, like, before the game and, and shoot around, how to see who's, who's scoot, the scouts in here. So, it's a hit or miss. Certain guys who got – who start off in the season killing always going to get that love no matter what, determined or not. But the people who at the end start uh, taking off at the end, that's the ones who probably hurting because they were just getting their momentum and then the season stopped. You know what I mean? So – both ways, it hurts. In both ways, is is some of the guys is okay already. Like the guy Anthony John, Anthony Edwards, he wasn't going to the tournament, but he was already good. You see what I'm saying? Just those guys who are already good. That's the ones who. What do you think about these coaches coming out saying that kids should, you know, they're not they should have, be able to come back. You know, some of the coaches are saying the kids should come back and have an opportunity to play in the conference tournament, NCAA tournament, especially those like top 25 teams, teams like, you know, University of Kansas or yeah. Florida, Florida State, you know, these kind of teams do, you know, what do you think about coaches and the players coming out saying that? What would, what's your thoughts on that? They do their whole year over just to miss the playoff. I mean, just the tournament, that's going to be different because a lot of people, it's just going to be hard for them to do that. But I agree that I think, I think certain shit, they should get an opportunity to do that. But it's going to take a lot of stuff to get that done. And like I said, it is what it is. If, it, if they do, it's going to be great for the, the community and for the, the rail. And then what are they going to do with the people who <laughs> – see, that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of stuff going go in it. But that, I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not part of that to make those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you said put your body of work in during the season. You wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Put your body of work in. You don't got a real ball. Missing the time and all that. <laughs> all right, y'all. So speaking of body of work, you know, for those who don't know, I haven't watched a, a No Referees podcast channel. Myself and Mo, we go back to his year overseas in China. We worked together for the full season. Uh, I was just training conditioning coach, his road dog. We went out to eat together. We, we, we toured China together everywhere from – the cool places to the not so cool places. Yeah. So yeah. there was a time a week before we were coming back from China and there was, we had a conversation about the big three. And I was like, Mo, why don't you play in the big three? And he was like, man, I ain't playing that. I'm, that's for, that's the retirement league. I ain't playing in that. I ain't ready for that. I still, I still got more years left. In Fast yeah. forward a year and a half. Most space is uh, now on the big three bivouac team. Uh, so tell me how that how that conversation came about, how the big three come about, and uh, everything leading up to that. Nah, because all right. So so when I was in China, when I got back from China, I kind of hit a place in life that I'm like, damn man, I just went all the way to China and played, man, and I couldn't finish out the season how I wanted. Do I really really want us to keep playing? So at the time, at the time, I started saying, man, I want to play. I want to play. So I didn't want to go back overseas right now. I didn't want to go nowhere overseas right now. If I couldn't get it to the NBA, I was like, I'm going to chill. And then I got my trucking business. I got other more stuff. And I like being around my family and friends and my wife them. So I'm like, well, I'll play bit three. If I play bit three, I could do my business and then just go play basketball on the weekend. So in the middle, that's why I made the decisions. Like, I'm going to just do that. Like, I see it's a good competition. It's getting a lot of love. Everybody watching it. Um, guys are really competing out there. So I'm saying, oh, I could do that at the same time, then be around my family, and then do the business I got going on. It's like, okay, there's no better place. I'd rather do this. 
So I decided to do that. Uh, talking to a couple guys, Scott, uh, Reggie Evans, the main one who I was talking to about it. And big shout out to Reggie for uh, blessing me and this opportunity and put me in the right position to uh, be successful and, and meet the right people, Clyde uh, and little Scott. So. And it's a different big three in 2020 than it was when the first year came came on the scene, you know, four right. seasons ago. What have you noticed in the big three and their growth? I remember when guys would come in, they weren't taking it so serious. They was getting hurt. You know, they were just like thinking they could just go out there and just, I guess, who because of their name. What have you seen in, in the trajectory of difference that was like, you know what, besides, you know, our friend of the family of the podcast, Reggie Evans, blessing you with it. You know, what have you seen personally from a basketball standpoint that just made it appealing for you to play? If you, if you ain't coming there ready to play, they're going to get you out of there. And you seen that last year, Ice Cube and the team, the, 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 the coaches on the team wasn't playing that. So you got to prepare yourself like you really about to play a regular season, no matter what it is. So uh, Reggie always say, man, these guys take it for granted, but it's real basketball out here. So you got to be able to go out there and be in shape uh, and be able to play, man, because there's a lot of people trying to get in this big three, man. If you don't come with the right mindset and go 100% every time you're out there, uh, then they'll get you out of there. And that's the one thing I was speaking to Josh. I was telling Josh Smith that, bro, this, this is a good move for me. And, I, and I'm going to go out here and play like it's a, a, a final game of my career. So uh, I'm very excited for it, man. I'm, I'm preparing hard for it. And, and hopefully everything goes how it's supposed to goes, go. If, if y'all haven't been following most Bates on his Instagram and Twitter accounts, you can see him. He's working out. He's been hooping. Yeah. He's been boxing. He's been running stairs. I mean, this dude has been doing everything to, to make sure his body's in shape. Yeah. So, but my question would be to you now with this coronavirus situation happening, it's put a lot of uh, question marks on when the season's going to start. Right. What are they telling y'all about when the season's going to start? What's going to happen? Things of that nature. So as soon as the basketball stopped playing a day later, they had all the big three on the conference call. And they were just basically saying what kind of plan they have. Uh, try to play in the cities where it's supposed to be playing at, but mostly be in L.A., have a designated place that all the co- the players and stuff stay and you just play play in one place, two places, and just have a lead like that. And But I haven't heard an update probably like the last month, so I don't know if it's still the same, but they ain't changed it, so I guess it's still the same. It's supposed to start June anyway, so hopefully everything be back right by June. Yeah, I remember the last update I saw for the Big Three, they were trying to put together some kind of like – in home, uh, big brother type thing. Is it still? I don't, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't really know about it. I never, I don't think I'd be able to want to be in this position to do that though. <laughs> when they give you the call and say, Hey, come on, we want you to join the team, do you have to go through like a draft or do you are you selected? Nah. How does that work? Well, if you want to, so I'm a co captain, you got two co captains, you got a captain, so those guys guarantee. Uh, on the on the team, no workout, no tryout, none of that kind of stuff. And you kind of help the, the captain and coach pick the rest of the team. So just say, if you, example, if you wanted you, if you wanted to try to play big three, you'll go to the combine, and the combine is supposed to be in LA on March 15. So I don't know, I don't know how they're gonna do that. But if you're a co-captain or a captain, you don't got to try out. But everybody else got to go to the combine and get picked, like a real draft. And so are you, are you as a co-captain, do you have to? Are you there? Scouting the players, just you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the all, all the captains and co-captains all be in one spot, and you scout and you're looking at players who you think you want to pick, and that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's why I heard. I never went through it, so I'm just going off what, like I said, my 
what God Reggie was telling me and everybody else was telling me because he went through it. Like you mentioned earlier, having a big three schedule, you know, basically it's on the weekend, you know, Friday, right. Saturday, you know, maybe fly out Sunday. They yeah. give you a lot of flexibility to kind of do some things that you, do some things that you want to do entrepreneurial wise mm-hmm. and things, you know, that give back to the community during the week. So you mentioned your AAU team, Team Maurice Spates, yeah. TMS, one of the uh, probably the best team based out of Florida right now, producing a lot of it, Division One athletes. Talk about how you how and why you created this program and, you know, how it's been growing over the last three years. Well, my, my, my one of my buddies uh, who I was grow, kind of grew up with, not grew up with, but met him late, kind of like in high school, freshman year. Aaron Holmes started it like 11, 10 years ago. We started together as a team. Then when I played for the Magic, I kind of took it over, and he, he he left and did his own thing. So probably like like you said, this this year right here is my third year, and just to see how that my program had changed and the better people want want to come over here now. People want to be a part of team space, and it's because I have a foundation that I set for my coaches, and then what we do it for. Like it's not a regular basic AAU team. We do this for the kids. We don't do this for the dollar and we do it and I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it is to help these kids go to college and, and be successful. And that's one of the main reason I started. I wanted to be around this because I was tired of having going being the season and coming home and, and not knowing what's going on. But now I'm controlling it. I'm a part of it and I can see everything that's going on. I don't want to say that you don't have to recruit these kids, but your your, your team has became more and more buzz over the last three years. You know, what was the struggles or things that you had to find out those first couple of years about running an AU team being hands-on that you didn't know prior? So, like I said, my buddy was running before I got here. He's running for seven, eight years straight without me really being around. I was just looking out and doing that kind of stuff. But the thing I learned that I'm not sure how my program was when I wasn't around, but – when I first got now, when I first got around, I started hearing a lot of stuff that like people said they couldn't. Certain kind of stuff, whatever it is, I'm not even really gonna go to details. But, but and people was confused about how change, how stuff changed now when I'm around. But that's what happened, man. When you when you got your name on something, a person not gonna treat no person not gonna uh, respect it how you respect it because it's your name. So. Um, over the over like the last 10, 10 years, we had over probably one hundred and fifty kids go to college, and, and and for me being around my last three years, I'm around twenty. So it, it's going good, and and we're changing the program, and like you said, it's becoming one of the best program independent programs out there. When you mentioned, when you say independent, does that mean you're not attached to like a Nike, Reebok, no, no, Under Armour, those kind of things? Okay, so how does a, how does a team? not be independent, how the team latch on to like the EYBL or underarm circuit and and have you had any of those kind of conversations? Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of conversations over my time just to see uh, different shoot deals come at me, but you understand I was with Nike for 10 straight years, so I didn't never approach uh, them to being in an EYBL because I wasn't around, but I'm around now. Now I see how I can go to an independent tournament, be one of the best teams there, and still get 30, 40 coaches around each team or each game. So I'm like, why would I need to go to EYBL? Why would I need to go to Adidas on Armour? I don't need to do that. I'm going to keep building this independent team going around the world and having 30, 40 coaches at every game. So I'm like, I could do what I want to do. I could go the places I want to do without nobody really telling us anything and have kids go to college, how we is. So 
it's the best way to go for me. And I, I think we'll stay this way. I wanted to make sure that athletes had access to a, to a shooting machine that they could take anywhere. So I came up with the concept to fold it into a duffel bag. I ended up prototyping with my friend Xavier, welding our first prototypes in the garage. I made it for myself. I also made it for the millions of other athletes out there that are trying to reach their dreams and uh, trying to make it out. Give me your name and some kids that everybody should be on the lookout for, you know, coming up 2021, 22. What's some of the, the buzz right now that a lot of coaches are, are hitting you up about? Who, who are the kids that, that's going to be the next guys we see late March and maybe getting their name called in June? Oh, you're you talking about like AAU? Yeah, 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 some of your AAU kids that, you know, that's going to be, you know, the household name here soon that most people don't know about. I got to call all of them out there, man. I can't just say a couple of them because the whole, this whole team right here is going to be Dope. It's gonna be dope. But right now, since we've since we've been off this doing this quarantine thing, all these kids getting a lot of love from coaches, and the coaches haven't seen them. They're just going off G, uh, what's the GPAs and film, and, and just word of mouth, especially me, because for me, I'm never gonna lie to a coach because I understand that you gotta feed your family just like I'm trying to. I gotta feed my family. So for me to lie to a coach and tell him uh, tell him a kid could come to his school is bullshit. I'm not. I'm never gonna do that. So. That's why I'm building all these relationships with these coaches because I'm telling them, like, coach, nah, you probably can't play there. So I'm not going to tell you to take him, but I know you can't play there. You know what I mean? But I got to call out my guys. Uh, I start off with uh, Troy Boynton, kid from Westminster. He plays so hard. He's been working crazy hard when the college coaches see him this year. And this summer, if you have a summer, they're going to be surprised. Then I got to go with uh, CJ Cruz, kid from Bayshore, Tampa kid. He's getting a lot of love. Aaron Green from Fort Myers. He's getting crazy love right now. Uh, then you got Tony Green from Naples. Um, sits, sits, very athletic basketball player. Could do everything. He getting a lot of school. He getting love from SEC schools and um, all them kind of schools. Then you got uh, uh, Anthony Batur, six five athletic kid. He getting. A lot of love from Belmonts and the Marshalls and stuff like that. Then you got Michael Shane. Michael Shane's a guy who works completely, really hard every day. He's kind of like an underdog. Um, okay, the biggest that he's gonna be one of the um, most um, appreciated persons if he get. He's gonna get some love, but he's kind of like behind the eight ball right now because of a lot of stuff and he works extremely hard. So somebody gonna bless him one day with something, and we've been working hard for him. They got Terrence Goodyear, a kid from Jacksonville, but he's good in Atlanta. Just transferred to Bayshore. Team up with CJ. Uh, got big kid Brandon Sanders, Sanders from Miami. Um, 6'10". Runs the floor really well. Block shots a lot. Any of these kids that you named and mentioned, you know, are you going to, you know, try to help your alma mater Florida out? You know, say, hey, call, call coach over in Florida. Be like, yo, coach, I got the pipeline for you. What up? No, yeah, no, that's my – Florida is always my – you know what I mean? I got, I got it in my blood. So, I reached out to them coaches a couple of times. Um, we talked a little bit, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I – if I don't know if I got any kids at that level. Like, well, at that kind of – you know what I mean? I don't really want to tell the coach to come look at this kid if I think he can't really 
go there and so, produce. So, so you produce. So unlike some coaches and even some parents, you're brutally honest with a kid like yo yeah. or a coach. Like yeah. you yeah. are, you a low major guy. You a mid major guy. You a high major guy. I think I read on your Twitter page that you're not gonna tell a you're not gonna tell a kid. You're not gonna lie to a kid. You're not gonna tell a coach any false mm-hmm. bullshit. Like you are a, a mid major guy. You're a high major guy. And you're gonna tell him like it is. Yeah, because these coaches get a lot of bullshit every day, bro. They get a lot of bullshit from handlers, coaches, parents. Oh, my kid is boom, boom, boom. And that's why you see every summer it's a transfer portal. It's a 1,000 kids in the transfer portal. If it was that, why is that many people lying to their kids, lying to people? You see what I'm saying? And it happens every day. And I, you know what I mean? So, for me, I'm telling, like, for like the last two years, these kids I got in college, none of them transferred. You see what I'm saying? The people on, I put my hands on none on transfer. So I say the people who transfer is for people, the handlers and all that kind of stuff is lying to these coaches. Like this kid can't really play there, but you're going to say, oh, he can play that coach. He can play there just to say, oh, I put a kid in college. You see what I'm saying? But I'm generally going to tell a coach, man, I'm going to keep it real with you, coach. If my kid can't come there and produce and help y'all, I'll pay for his scholarship. You see what I'm saying? I'm telling the coaches that, and I generally believe that. And I know that these kids is, Hungry. These kids want to, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I got to keep it real, man, because God blessed me with a gift that of basketball, and I got to give back. And I got to, I respect the game too much to lie to a coach about them. These kids have a luxury of having you who've been through the grind. You come from the same mud that they come from. You yeah. see the same kind of grind. So, when they tell you something, I see when you tell them something and you tell their parents something, they know it's genuine. It ain't no bullshit. Yeah. But like I said, they still so used to – they got a, got me coming to them. Like, Damn, he he real – but you got another nigga. Five minutes later, you got a nigga who just, Coach, man, take this kid from me. Take this kid from me. So it's kind of like I want to believe more, but all this other BS that people are throwing at me, I kind of like I believe him, but not really yet until I know him. You see what I'm saying? And that's how it is. And, but they'll understand the years and time and time go around that <laughs> it's all about the kids, man. I'm not getting paid for this. A uh, kid can't do nothing for me. You see what I'm saying? I did. I, I, live, I played high school, all the, all this stuff, and I'm playing what they want to do. So, for me to lie to a coach about a kid it ain't worth it. I tell, I tell a coach, nah, coach, take that scholarship back. <laughs> if ain't, you know what I mean? I do that, and I, I, I never tell a kid to get caught up in levels. I just say, you want your parents can afford to pay three to hundred thousand dollars, or you want to go to school for free, and that's what it is. Levels. It is what it is with levels, but it's about going to school for free, man. No, your parents have to pay for nothing. And it's 90, and 75 is in a row, your parents can't pay. You know what I'm saying? So I know I don't want to play if you got a skill set. So speaking of, uh, we talked a second ago about your entrepreneurial stuff you got going on. The victory will give you a lot of time to kind of dibble and dabble on some things. One new thing that me and you've been talking about that you really are passionate about over the last couple months is – the Team Mo Space Trucking Company. You know, yep. talk, talk to some people out there about just some different entrepreneurial stuff you got your hands in, post-NBA, Big Three. Talk about just some things that you got your hand in that most people may not know about. Uh, so right now, like you just brought up, my passion right now is, is, is for the truck. 18 Willis uh, got four great drivers, man, who who, who really give it all. They all uh, – it's not, it's not great right now because – I'm just getting in it, but it's gonna it's gonna take a couple of cups, and it took a couple of cups of me to keep getting better. Um, being a professional athlete, you kind of get that mindset of 
you got to figure it out. And I'm figuring it out with the truck driving stuff. And my driver's been um, great with understanding that it's a new company. And I'm just getting this. And we got a couple, you know, we're going to have to go we're on the ground to do a couple of things. So they really appreciate that. And I really appreciate them and their family for sacrificing their time out there to help, help this company grow. But that's one of the things I'm doing in trucking. Um, I still got um, partners with my, my buddy uh, at Craft down there, downtown's gluten-free restaurant. And then just like you said, AAU, and that's about it, man. I just keep my stuff a little bit short and, and keep uh, keeping my head forward. And I got a buddy, DJ Bryant, former one of my old players. He went to UT Arlington for three years and stopped playing basketball and a real estate agent. I kind of helped him out a lot because he's a young guy who always appreciates everything. And still to today, man, he was yes, sir, no, sir, and the guy growing up now. So guys like that, that's why I try to work work when they help out. So I, I, I do I do some a little stuff with him also. So having a trucking company in specifically, you learning about loads and you learn about when people pick up loads and different things like that. So you didn't really understand. You may have seen a truck, a, a big truck on the highway years ago. And, you know, now you understand ins and outs of how they got that load, things I like that. Yeah. I understand like deadhead and understanding certain places to go. Maybe Chicago is a, a dead pier. You might go up there. You can, might get a big load going up there, but you might be dry getting out of there. And that's what I'm learning still today. And it's kind of hard still because you got to learn what places was booming and places was dry. When I say dry, there's nothing up there. You're going to get a load up there. You probably have to sit for two days. And for truck drivers and for owner like me, Truck drivers not gonna get paid, and I'm not gonna get paid. Some truck drivers kind of complain a little bit when they get stuck certain places, but for me, I try to look out for them. If they're in certain places and we know it's dry, we get a hotel room for two or three days. I mean, two days. You know what I mean? So there's different stuff you gotta do and different stuff that I'm learning, like every on a daily. All right, cool. Hey, okay, good to hear about all this entrepreneurial stuff you got going on, keeping you busy. You know, yeah. it's oftentimes you hear a lot of stories about guys who they're not out of the spotlight. <laughs> they lose the money. They're not really taking care of they, as uh, what's Marshawn Lynch said, they're not taking care of their chicken. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> it was good to see you got those things going on, my brother. So let's get into some fun, some fun stories real quick. So here on No Referees Podcast, it's no referees, no text, no rules. I want to know the very first time Mo Space got a technical foul and what he said to a referee. Man, my first time getting a tech was my freaky year. You talking about NBA? Any anytime. It could be NBA, it could be college. I don't think I got no text in college like that. My first time getting a tech was when um my rookie year we was playing against uh Boston. It was like 40 is like a minute and a half left in Boston. And, and we in Boston now. So Brian Scalabrini went up for a layup and I just like hit him, took him out, kinda. It was like the game was over, bro. You still trying to get, you know what I mean? I kinda like took him out. They kicked me out, man. That was first time I kicked me out, and the fans were talking crazy. Did you say anything to the ref, or did you just like you? Nah, nah, I was too shook. I was too shook. I'm young. I'm going to the locker room. It's over with. <laughs> All right, give me a story when you actually got into it with a ref. He was like, man, it's a BS, or I didn't do that, or give me a story that you so got into it. Sir. I ain't never really had no episodes like that. I'm just cussing at a ref and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean, I never had an episode like that. Yo, okay, I'm gonna give you an episode when you see a teammate or a coach of yours that got into it with a coach like that. He's like, yo, I, I, 
and you can. No, I just say a player. I just say a player. Okay, all right. Just say a player. You ain't gotta say no name. Just say a player that you see get into a rev. You was like, yo, you wow. When I was in Philly, he was playing against Boston. Man, Rasheed Wallace. He was, he was talking to Hayward. Hayward Workman. I ain't never seen a man talk to another man so disrespectful. And I don't think he called him a tech. I don't think he gave him a tech because they know where she talked. He say, motherfucking, uh, fuck your mama and all that kind of shit. He said, yeah, I ain't getting the ball rolled by Rasheed. Hey, was like, get the ball. He's like, bitch, I ain't getting no ball for you. Bitch, has all kind of crazy stuff. So it was, I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. And a couple of times I heard Cole. I heard Cole go crazy on the rep. Cole told we was in planning, we was planning LA. I was with Memphis. Chrissy Point doesn't probably remember this, but Coach, uh, Coach was like, motherfucker, you better call this motherfucking game, right? He said, I don't give a fuck about no tech. Give a fuck about $2,500? I get you. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, jeez. But them boys talk, boy. Paul Pierce, KG, all them boys talk and rough, boy. We talked last time about uh, guys that talk a lot, especially to their teammates. When we talked about Chris Paul last, the, the last time. I know I seen Chris Paul go off with a few refs in my day when I was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he, he, he he a powerful person. When you're powerful like that, you could do that. But a guy who ain't really that powerful, you talk to a ref and say any little thing, they get ready to take you up. But you could go down, go down the court. These other dudes, Talking crazy, but you say, yo, chill, chill out. Man, come on, bro. That don't make sense. What are you uh, hearing from your guys that's in the league right now, some of your closest friends, you know, being away from the game? You know, you see a lot of memes of guys running around the house and, you know, doing all crazy kind of stuff. What are you uh, – any of your closest friends, what are they saying they're doing and all that kind of stuff right now? So, I ain't really – to be honest, I don't really – I know it's I know it's a hard time for everybody, so – the guys who ain't really still like I talk to Sean Livingston sometimes. Like I said, my main guy Reggie, my other guy Alonzo G, and everybody else. I kind of like stay away because I know they going through some time right now. They can't play, so they they mind kind of like snappy. So I don't really want to, you know, what I mean, ask people the same thing because they got a million people asking them and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that. So when things get back to normal, I reach out to my buddies and just talk to them and see what's going on. So right now, I just kind of like. Talk to the guys who are outside the league who don't really got nothing going on. Before we get you out of here, recently we had the NFL draft. You know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is your hometown team. <laughs> we had a, before the draft, we had the news with Tom Brady, you know, coming over to the Bucks. We had news about Gronk coming over to the Bucks. <laughs> you know, y'all gonna be loaded this year. Talk about just the, you know, the buzz around the town just with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know you represent them everywhere you go. Got to, got to. This is a guy because I'm from here, so I, the stadium was literally 30 minutes from where I'm from. So the buzz that, that we got these guys right now is crazy, man. The whole town, the whole Florida is crazy. Got the best quarterback who ever played the game. We got one of the great tight ends coming back. And we still got Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in the game. And Goodwin had a good year last year. And we just, it was real good that to see our line, that, that they drafted linemen to get our line straight. But the biggest thing, I'm kind of like, um, it's kind of like the buzz is crazy, and, and people forget about how great, how good James Winston was. Yes, he had all the interceptions last year, but ten of those interceptions were guys missing the pass. So a lot of people don't really give those kind of stats, but 
James Winston is a great quarterback and he's going to have a great career, even though he had all the interceptions last year, because 30% of them was his fault. But they had. Uh, the city is all on his tongue, Brady uh, Wave, and they should because he's a he's the best player who ever played the game, quarterback. But let's not forget James Winston, what he did for the Tampa Bay area. And hopefully he signs somewhere and, and give him an opportunity to be a starting quarterback again one day. Yeah, I think I recently just saw, I think maybe a few days ago, that he signed with the Saints. So he oh, he did? Be, yeah, so he's going to be learning under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Yeah. That's big time, man. Just take that Bridgewater position. He's still young. He got a lot of football left. But that's good. He got he 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 did that, man. Played this in the same division as a buck. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm definitely gonna be over there though. <laughs> <laughs> hey my my brother, I wanted to ask you, you know, last time I saw you, you know, you were just starting this new no meat kick. You know, you haven't been eating meat for a while, you know, slim down. You know, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you know how to eat fried cauliflower, edamame, all that good stuff. What's yeah. your diet been like, man? You know, talk about that. You've you been slimmed down. You look like you're ready to go out there and play another 10 years. Oh, yeah. No, I just really just – just I'm thinking – just been learning about different plants and stuff and different teas and, and how to, how your body – what your body really needs. I'm not always there. I'm not – I don't really know half the stuff right now, but I'm learning. You see what I'm saying? I know what – one thing it is, I'm not gonna eat no kind of no kind of meat no more. Well, I'm gonna try my best not to. I haven't ate in like almost a month, so I don't really miss it like that. It's just different stuff to substitute it, substitute it. You know what I mean? Eat a lot of fruit, like you know, I eat a lot of watermelon. Um, starting to stay away from rice and all that kind of stuff. But it's really about eating the stuff what we could grow ourselves. You see what I'm saying? And not eating stuff because a lot of people say. Eating meat is protein. You see what I'm saying? Eating meat is the middle person. They because the people eat the, the, the cows and all that stuff. Eating meat is eating that grass. You right. see what I'm saying? Why we just can't skip the eating the meat and go straight to the grass? Like you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and the diet going good, man. I'm still learning a lot, and I still got more to go. Just gotta keep putting the right stuff in my body, like I am, and and it's helping, man. I'm happy for it. Well, I'm happy to see that you, you know, doing well, my brother. You staying, uh, you staying safe, you staying healthy. Yep. I'm glad to see that you signed with the big three, so you can continue to pursue your professional career. You know, I follow your AAU team because you know we got a lot of mutual connections in college basketball. I yep. got some more connections for you too that I got recently <laughs> off the air um, and your trucking business. I know that we talked and I saw you last May that you were talking about, you know, starting the truck event. So I'm glad yeah. that you're doing that. I want to give a special shout out to your mom, special shout out to your wife, Ken, special shout out to your sister, Lena, yeah. a special shout out to your boys, Mike, Eddie, uh, all my partners on the team, most face uh, camp, you know, yeah. shout out to all y'all boys, love y'all boys, love the family. And I just want to say, bro, keep moving, keep going up, keep, keep striving, keep doing your thing. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, man. Your little buddy, your little, your little son, also. See you again, <laughs> yeah. Uncle, Uncle Mo. <laughs> Y'all can find Mo Space again. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Space sixteen and on Instagram at M Space five. This is my brother from the Florida Gators, Tampa Bay's finest, Mr. Cauliflower himself. Hey, Mo Space. <laughs> Thank you, brother. All right, bro. Appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at No Referees Pod. Till the next episode, we out.